The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. I ran in there and she was literally collapsed onto the floor and so quickly we knew, you know, something really wrong was happening. Catherine and Jay Wolf were just beginning to live out their dreams when tragedy changed their lives forever. I would God let this happen to me and how can this be my life? This is what does this mean? And how do I how do I move on from something like this? Learning how hope heals next on Life Today. Join us today on Life Today. I'm Betty and this is James Robinson. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was teasing her. I, say, I always say, welcome to Life Today. I'm James Robinson's wife, Betty. And she says, when she up, she says, I'm Betty and this is James. And I was saying to her, we have a last name. So you went ahead and let them know we I do have it. one. Yeah. <laughs> and we have had this last name 52 years, if you didn't know that. Don't y'all think that's good that we've been married 52 years? And I know all of you are saying, you're saying that is some kind of a woman. I understand that. I, I know that you love her. And you wish you would say more. And do I ask you to say you more? Do. Why don't you say more? Because I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And she says, if I want to say something, I'll say it. But some of you think, well, you just talk over her. <laughs> no. I really don't. You don't even, when you can't see, I'm over here. Yeah. You can't see that because it's below the camera. I'm trying to say, come on into the show. Well, we have got a special blessing. A young lady had an interruption in her life uh, that was unexpected. A stroke. She's too young to have a stroke. It was a brainstem stroke. And uh, the story's incredible. It's a love story. It's Catherine's story and Jay Wolf's story. And I want you to welcome them to life today. You are going to be blessed. Jay, good to see you, buddy. Good to see you guys. Catherine, good to see you. Oh, hey there. <laughs> Tell us about what happened. Because she says she's just going to watch. And she's going to listen mm -hmm. because she says, if you're coming from this side, she said, this side of my face still moves properly. Mm -hmm. So you're going to see that later. You'll see what the stroke did. But boy, is he great, our mm -hmm. God. Jay, absolutely. tell us what's going on and what happened. So, uh, Catherine, and I have been married 10 years. We're, we're close behind you. Uh, God willing, we'll get to 52 <laughs> one day. Wow. Wow. You'll get one there. Day, but um, Catherine and I are both from deep south Alabama and Georgia, and we met at Sanford University in Alabama. And we married uh, right after college at 22 and uh, thought we knew it all. You know, we, we really had, a, had a, an understanding of life at 22. And we decided to move out to L.A. on a big adventure. Um, Catherine was in the entertainment industry, and I was going to go to Pepperdine Law School. And um, What kind of entertainment industry? What was she doing? Uh, uh, oh, she's going to let me, just she'll let me talk every now and then. Uh, Catherine was doing um, some commercial print modeling, they say. And so that's like Target ads and things, and it was... Um, it was a really, you know, unique season to be able to just go pursue our dreams. And, and, and really, in retrospect, we knew God was drawing us to L.A. 
for, for a really different reason for a, a community, a church community that would be everything. And you didn't everything. know that when you went there, though, No, right? we didn't right. know that. And then further, we didn't know that we would need the care of UCLA Medical Center, which is one of the top uh, hospitals in the world, to, to intervene and help save Catherine's life. So what so, were you doing there, though? What was so I, was a pepper, I went to law school. Because you were in the law Pepperdine. school. Yeah. And she's got making good income, doing well. Right. right. So we were okay. living, you know, we'd say we were living the, the dream on the beach in Malibu mm -hmm. from married housing dorm. You know, we could yeah. kind of see the, <laughs> see the ocean if you look just the right way out of the window. But yeah. um, it, was, it was a really precious time. And it was such a gift, you know, to have those first three years of marriage. And, you know, we thought, oh, when we're 30, we'll have kids. Uh, we're 32 right now. We have a seven-year-old, so you can do that math. But um, mm -hmm. um, we sort of unexpectedly had our son James when I was sort of finishing up law school. And um, when James was six months old on April 21st, 2008, uh, everything in our lives changed. And, you know, everybody has probably one of those days when they got that diagnosis or when they got the phone call that sort of made a dividing line down the course of their lives. And um, for us, that day was April 21st. And Catherine, out of the blue, um, suffered a massive brainstem stroke due to this basically very, very rare birth defect that she never knew she had. There was no symptoms. Um, but it, it exploded, basically. One day, as our six-month-old son um, slept in the other room, and I was finishing up law school, literally about to prepare for one of my last finals. Um, and I just happened to go back up to our dorm, and it was within that window that Catherine suffered her stroke. All right, what did you see? So uh, I was in the other room, and I heard Catherine cry out. She was in the kind of the kitchen. She was preparing a meal, and uh, I, I ran in there, and, and she was literally collapsed onto the floor, and, and um, she began vomiting. Her mm -hmm. arms and her legs went numb, and so quickly we knew, you know, something really wrong was happening, and so I called 911, and, and the paramedics came, and and they rushed her to the hospital. All right, tell, tell me what you found out. So um, it took us to UCLA Hospital. I mean, we didn't even have a doctor. You know, we're 26. We're, mm -hmm. this is not on the radar that we would even, sure. like we had, in, well, we have insurance. You know, it was that kind of a situation. And um, so we were taken to UCLA, which at that time was the, the number three hospital in the country. And there was this uh, surgeon named Dr. Nestor Gonzalez, who is double board certified, you know, this pretty much the most perfect specialist neurosurgeon, and also uh, the type of man who would take on the hardest cases, who just happened to be on call that day. Wow. And, um, you know, he really had to consider, do I want to take this risk of taking a patient who will likely die, if I save her life, put her in even a worse position, vegetative, or or what should I do here? And And when I rushed into the ER with my six-month-old baby, I think he knew that this young mom, there was something that, that he had to do to try to intervene and save her life. And I know it was the Lord just yeah. touching his heart to say, I need you to, to, to take a chance on this young woman and give her uh, a chance to live again. And he did. Um, and yet it was very, you know, it was very uncertain. He needed me to know that um, she might not survive did the surgery. Did she go into a even. coma? Was she basically uh, she comatose? She basically was... Uh, went unconscious and they did a 16 hour uh, microbrain surgery, removed this malformation, which was the largest he had ever seen. 
and uh, you know, basically her brain was being squeezed down into her spinal column because of all the pressure, and that's really unsurvivable. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, they did everything they could and, and removed uh, portions of her brain over half of her cerebellum and a lot of the nerves that give function, you know, to a lot of the things in the face and the swallow and the vision and the hearing. And and then they they had to come alongside the brainstem and so uh, to remove the malformation. So that you know, really, when when he came out that next morning, April twenty second, which we now call Catherine Live Day. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's sort of the Easter to the Good Friday. That's the day we celebrate this sort of second chance at life. He said, you know, she's, she's alive, but we don't know what the deficits will be or if she'll wake up even ever. Um, but, you know, in that moment, there was this spark of hope. And it's just a gift, I think, kind of like grace um, that I felt, you know, Lord, I don't know what you're doing here, but I know you've given us a second chance. Okay, Catherine, what are you aware of? And tell us when you came back and and just tell us what's going on. So essentially after surviving the initial brain surgery, which I, I have no memory of a long time even after that. So I've heard stories that I basically lived after the initial 16 hours of brain surgery and then was transferred to the ICU where I would stay for another 40 days, which I feel like is very biblically significant that I was sort of <laughs> wandering in the wilderness for 40 days and then left there, thank goodness, and kind of, and went to a different part of the hospital. The promised land. Yeah, not as far the promised land. And I stayed there another um, two and a half months and then transition to a brain rehab to learn to walk again and eat food again. I couldn't swallow after my surgery and learn to speak again and smile with half my face again and really just begin the process of relearning everything. I was taken down to basically zero and sort of in that brain rehab time was able to, to come back, so to speak. It was over two months of nothing that I have no memory of nothing it was like overnight. So I'm seeing my baby who looks different now two months later after waking up and he's gained weight because he's now on formula and I'm not feeding him and <laughs> things are so different. He's not my baby anymore hardly, it felt like. And it was, I mean, you can imagine the most traumatic event almost a person can go through. And yet it was just wild. I think thankfully the Lord just allowed kind of a slow period of coming to. So it wasn't so much shock all at once. There was a sense of just, you know, I wasn't fully cognizant yet, which is probably a blessing because I probably would not have been okay. And I mean, I had moments of not okay for sure, <laughs> but by and large, I was able to sort of take this on and say, you know, and I mean, huge credit to our families, to Jay for really just coming around me, all our friends and saying, you know, you're going to get well. Mm -hmm. And I mean, no one knew then probably that well would look how it does today. That would be very much not well to the world. But I mean, I'm well, and yeah. there's no denying that the Lord has healed my soul, which was the only place that was ever truly broken. Mm -hmm. Now I have some major brokenness in my body <laughs> and likely will for life. It's not like I'm probably gonna drive a car in the next couple of years or run a marathon or <laughs> smile with both sides of my mouth for that matter. 
And yet, what was really broken was my heart. I mean, it was so sad. Why would, why would God let this happen to me? And how could this be my life? And just really questioning, wait, so I'm, I'm just newly 26 years old. I've heard of a stroke, I think, but it's people who are 86 years old. And this is, what does this mean? And how do I, how do I move on from something like this? So there was a delirium that was probably a good thing in some ways. Um, that it took a while to get to the reality of what we were dealing with, which I, I'm thankful for, because my ultimate cheerleader the whole time was thinking just, you know, defeating all the dragons and putting out the fires and step forward and really made a dramatic difference in my recovery. I mean, they, they didn't think I'd ever eat food again, for instance. They thought my swallowing muscles were shot and I wasn't gonna swallow. And he never believed that. He never told me that they told him that. That he just knew that, you know, I mean, Jay had the, the faith and belief in miracles. His spiritual inventory test told him years ago that he just rejected that. That yes, she will. And I'm not gonna tell her they said she won't. And he never did. And after failing how many total? 10 swallowing tests? Yeah, 10, I ate food again. And it's not normal today. I mean, there's nothing normal about my life. And yet I, I fully eat, I eat a lot of good stuff. And right now I'm eating a whole lot of good stuff. I'm loving it. So it's, well, you were probably weren't supposed to be able to have another baby, right? Oh gosh, please. I mean, you know, you know it's really cute to now be showing a little bit. And you're gonna have and, a baby. Right, yeah. and, and be in a wheelchair. You don't see You don't see a whole lot of women in wheelchairs pregnant. I mean, <laughs> most, most women in wheelchairs are not in their childbearing years, of course, so uh, it's very unique to now have this baby bump and be in a wheelchair, and it's, it's a real blessing that, you know, truly, a dear friend of mine, um, after I was pregnant, said, you know, you were basically dead. Like, you were on your deathbed, you're now in a wheelchair, you know, there, there could be a lot of death surrounding your story. And instead you have new life coming out of your story. Yes, you and do. that is the picture of the gospel. You've got and it coming beautiful. out of every pore in your being. Don't you believe she's got life just floating oh, And so Jay, Jay is just a, I told him when we were, we were spending a little time together before we came out here to see you. And I just said, watching Jay look at her is, is as much looking like Jesus looking at somebody and you are too. You are absolutely a beautiful, beautiful couple. Aww. I can't even begin to describe what a, what a joy it is uh, to just see what God is doing. Mm -hmm. Well, what do you think God wants to do with your life now? Because I want every viewer to know what you feel God wants you to do. One thing I know mm. you're doing is you're, you're trying to help people that are trafficked. And we didn't even know this, but the, <laughs> in business for freedom, uh, this is a free set. We, we have had trained many of the women that we've set free to make these bags oh, and to do other awesome. uh, work like that. So yeah, cool. no, we have. It's one of the things we're doing in Nepal and some of the other areas. And I think this came from Calcutta, which we yeah. worked there too. 
But see, they, they hope heals. And hope really, heals is our ministry. Yeah, it is, mm -hmm. and that's it. And, and that's we what buy God's them doing. from those women. Mm -hmm. That's so cool. Isn't I had no idea. And, that, and that's what we're actually talking about this week. Mm -hmm. They did not know that when they came no. in, and they're saying this is such a good thing to do. Yeah. Now, I want, I want to know your website. Is, is it Hope Heals? Because yep. I want everybody watching to know several things that, that they might be able to get you to come and share yep. in some kind of a setting that you, you would be sensitive to working with them effectively and take care of them. Don't invite somebody to come in and you not take real good care of them. You understand <laughs> what I'm saying? And don't tell them somebody will love you down the road. You, you bring them, you love them. And then if That's you can James. help them, yeah, if, you, if you can help them with what they're doing, you do it. Okay, but how would they how would they find you online or yeah. receive things that you're, you're sharing? So we jumped into full time ministry together. Uh, we created a five one c three called Hope Heals. Okay. HopeHeals.com is our website. If and they wanted you to come speak or share yeah, or do something with them, is it Hope Heals? All of that's on on there. Okay, and, um, we've got it on the screen now. Yeah, our and can see it. You know, we really have felt that God has has left in our story in our lives embodied yes. in us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the message that really is all of our message and all of our story. And, and the very physical brokenness of my body is this beautiful representation of all of our brokenness on the inside. Everybody just doesn't showcase their junk, but we all got junk. And I happen to have a lot of mine on the outside, but most people have plenty, and I do too, on the inside sure. of my body. And in a way, it's so freeing to, I mean, who would think that? Freeing to be in a wheelchair and be totally, I mean, my hand doesn't work. My face is paralyzed. Everything's kind of messed up and <laughs> all. I and think yet, you're beautiful. Um, well, thank you. Yeah, I but, think you're beautiful. But it's the condition of all of us deep you're down. Right. It's yeah. just not okay. I, I just really wish that, that, that everybody watching could realize that we are not only in need of healing, I shared with them earlier something that Sheila Walsh had said when we were just talking about the pain people go through. She said there's a difference in being bad and being broken. And you know, we all have a brokenness and we're not necessarily trying to live in rebellion, but we need that hope to heal and the grace to heal. Mm -hmm. And that's what this beautiful couple is talking mm -hmm. about. And just seeing them is healing. Would you agree that it's a healing process just to watch what God is doing in them? Do you, do you see the glory of God? Well, I, I want all of you who are watching to know that, that the hope we have in Christ and the grace that he freely offers begins a healing process we all need. And here's what I'd like you to do. Not only receive that healing, but pray that God will enable you to freely release it to others where you could really be a safe shoulder, that, that you could be someone who would comfort, not condemn, but would try to help offer the healing. Father, I pray that for every person who needs to receive it, to receive it, but also pray for everyone watching to begin to release it, really like Jay and Catherine have in such a beautiful fashion, in Jesus' name. I want all of you to know that we have a chance right now to do the very thing I just shared when, when they talked about wanting to offer hope to people who've been trafficked. And uh, this was actually made, this little carry bag by by girls that have been trafficked. We're doing the same thing. We're teaching them to weave. We're teaching them trades, so teach them how to make jewelry, all these things to do. And you're the ones that make it happen. I want, you, I want you to listen and see if you don't want to be the answer. In this last week that we're asking you now to help us, reach out to over 5,000 that we've located that we believe we can rescue if you'll help us. Listen closely. And above all, listen to God, His Spirit.
things I dreamt I'd become. This was never one of them, but it's who I am now. They tell me I deserve it. They say my parents never want to see me again. I'm never alone here for long, but alone is all I feel. I can't keep them out because my door locks from the outside. I hear they've got my sister now. She's about the age they took me. She'll fetch a good price, like I did. Of course, they say we're worthless, anyway. There's no reason to smile here, but I'm forced to. I hate this place, but it's like we were meant for each other. Filth for filth. If I was worth anything, worth anything at all, surely someone would have come for me. And though I'm all alone, I know there are many. I've seen too many come and disappear. Maybe they're the lucky ones. I don't think that uh, you need any prompting to want to set that girl free. And several thousand like her that the most dedicated, committed relief workers and missionaries have found by literally moving in to the very pit of hell to rescue the perishing and care for the dying, to snatch them in love and pity from the snare and from the grave. That's literally what these mission workers are doing. But here's the thing, we are the enablers. See, the predators that take them and put them in bondage enable people to prey on them and use them and they get the money and other people, quote, supposedly satisfy their unquenchable desires in unfathomable fashion and the horror of their life, but they can be free. And they can be free because of someone like you who connects with another member, Betty, of the body of Christ, like this part of the arm with this part, so that the hand of God, the body of Christ, functions effectively to rescue them. Now, these mission workers are incomplete without us giving them the resources to care for them. They can get them out. We, with your help, have built places to restore them, homes. Would you right now enable us to literally reach out and rescue a target number of over 5,000 that we have found? When I say we, that's the mission workers. That's the relief workers that are right there on the scene, right there in the midst of the pain and the suffering. Here's the average cost, $128. To rescue them, to restore them for a year, to begin training them so that they can have a future. Little children, begin educating them. We have many we rescued years ago who have now graduated from college, who are themselves teachers, some of them themselves are working in the mission outreach as a missionary themselves. It is a program of outreach that works. We are truly rescuing the perishing. This is the last week now we're asking you to help. Would you go to lifetoday.org and take your bank card and use it like a check, please? I pray if you've never made a gift, you'll do it because you'll be giving them 
freedom. You'll be setting them free. The keys to their freedoms in your, your hand as you connect with the mission workers. Would you do it or would you dial the number and take your bank card and there on the phone say, here's the gift I want to make? Use those cards like a check. If you write a check, make it to life, but call us and tell us what you're mailing. We need to know because, like I said, it's the last week. We have some special gifts to send to you to bless you. The songs of freedom, these worship and praise songs are going to bless you, and you know you've set people free. We're going to help you see how we can help walk our nation out of the darkness we're in with a book that will help you see that. And the beautiful Thomas Kincaid painting, Forest Chapel. Would you do what God put on your heart? Please do it right now. Just go online or make the call. Thank you during this last week for reaching out with an expression of love and freedom. Thank you for doing it. Innocent children created to be happy, loved, and cared for are being abducted and sold at the hands of violent predators. Their spirit and bodies broken under horrific emotional and physical abuse. Through Mission Rescue Life, you can reach out to save children vulnerable to sex traffickers. You can help rescue those already enslaved, and you can restore their lives with hope for a future. Your gift today of only $128 will help rescue a child and change their destiny forever. With gifts of $64 or $32, we will combine your support with others to help rescue one more child from the shame and pain of sexual slavery. With your gift of any amount, we'll send you the Songs of Freedom CD, a collection of 10 uplifting worship songs that are sure to become a favorite for your quiet time, drive time, or personal worship. In addition to the CD, you'll receive Indivisible, a powerful soul-stirring book by James Robison and Jay Richards. Finally, please consider a gift of $1,280 to help rescue 10 children, and you may request this beautifully framed canvas print of The Forest Chapel by the painter of light, Thomas Kincaid. This is the last week. Please call, write, or make your gift online today. Well, please. I mean, you know, we've just uh, got such a short time now this last week. Please make the, the greatest love gift you can and know that you're going to truly set captives free. We will send you the songs of freedom and the, the book that will bless you as well as the the beautiful Kincaid painting, Forest Chapel. And I want to remind you, go to stream.org. Go there for your daily news, inspiration, and insight on how we can make the necessary difference. This is going to be a go-to place for you because it can literally change the course of this nation through you, through the kingdom of God effect. Stream.org. Would you join me and Betty in saying to uh, Jay and Catherine, how much we appreciate the glory of God in them. And there, even as we applaud and say thanks, there on the screen is their website. You see it? Hope here. I want you to go there, get them to come to your area, bless them, help them do what God put on their heart. Thank you all Thank so much. You Thank you for Thank watching you. Life Today and for sharing life with us.
Introducing Stream.org, a rich and lively source for breaking news, analysis, and entertainment. Stream.org is a new information stream where those concerned about our nation's course can now gather for news, wisdom, and inspiration. Working together, we will see the promise declared in Psalm 46.4. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. Be sure to visit stream.org, a news site to unite us. Next week, Annabelle met Jesus inside a hollowed out tree. And so I sat on Jesus' lap and he told me there'll be no more pain. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.